Welcome to another amazing episode of the Path to Podcast Success with your host, audience building and fear crushing podcast expert, Evan Bradley Johnson. Every single week, Evan has powerful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and business owners, revealing the podcast strategies they use to grow their subscribers and sales, and how you can use your podcast to finally get to that next level. Now, turn on your mic and let's start down the path to podcast success. Okay, welcome everyone to another very exciting episode of Path to Podcast Success. I have a guest here with me today that I am really excited about. I think this is going to be a really fun and insightful conversation. Austin J. Haynes, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to you. I'm glad to be here. Welcome to the audience. I've been looking forward to this and I'm eager to dive into the these conversations about podcasts and entrepreneurial success. So I know we're going to have a great time today. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. That's what I like to hear. (laughs) So I like to start off in the same place with all my guests, and that's by making sure that everyone listening is on the same page and they have the context they need to get the most that they can out of this conversation. So for those people, go ahead and tell us, what is it that you do? I appreciate that question. If you Google me, I'll come up as a life and business coach. I like to say that, and I think this is a great lesson right here because people Google all day long. And if, so if you Google me, that's that's the way I come up. Now, inside of that, uh, I'm an author. I had a number one best, not number one. We had a best-selling book on Amazon. Uh, I have two books out and right now. I'm working on a third and a fourth. Uh, I'm also a professional speaker. I've had the opportunity to speak for some large corporations and that's a, a little snapshot. But the other, the other way I like to answer this question, which I think gives a lot of insight for the audience, who hires you? I think this is a great question. Mm. Who hires you? And, and I think that if you're listening, that's a great way to get perspective. So I get, I get hired by a lot of uh, solopreneurs, side hustlers, uh, newer entrepreneurs. And then I, I've, I've been hired by companies to speak. And I also get hired by people. It's, it's interesting. I've had people hire me on the verge of divorce. I've had people that are uh, multimillionaires hire me to help them with their, with their educational business, if you will. And so I've covered a, a large gamut, but I enjoy working with the side hustler and also that person who maybe just be waking up to the fact that there's more for them in life and they don't know where to start. And usually that leads into some type of a passion or a side hustle. So I, I just am on fire to work with those types of people. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. And so how long have you been, how long have you been an entrepreneur for then? I've, well, I have an interesting journey. I resigned from a 19 year corporate position. Wow. Same company. I had a lot of wow. success yeah. and I worked with a lot of business people, C-level, entrepreneurs, business owners. And I resigned in actually May of 2019. I, I gave my formal resignation, and, but I didn't leave till like July because they wanted me to stay around uh, because I had some unfinished business there to take care of, which I did. But 
prior to that, I had been in multiple like side hustles and had this just got on fire to be coaching and people reached out to me anyway. And so I was already doing this, but I believe that when you, when you jump in full time, that's when it's, it's on, you know, like that's when you, you're in the game. Like it all counts. Yeah. And, and it's nice that we can side hustle. We have lots of opportunities, but you know, taking that plunge was, a, was a big leap and I'm so glad I did. That's amazing. That's really exciting. I mean, leaving that long of a career to, to do this, I'm sure must've been nerve wracking, but you did it and, and you found success at it, which I think is incredible. Um, but I, I, I am curious though, when you made the leap into, into full-time entrepreneurship, what was your biggest fear? And did that fear end up coming true? Good question. Your, your fear is that what if it doesn't work? What if I do this? And actually at that point I was less, although it was a factor, what do people think? Right. That was not my main, my main factor. My main factor was just the fear of like starting over, you know, being close, being in the midlife realm and, and starting over walking away i had multiple promotions offered to me i had lots of run lots of road left there even though i was at 19 years you know, there was plenty of road left for me made a really decent six-figure income so i i could have stayed there so walking away from that security and and there is some fears that that come in and I, you know i just believe in being transparent because i don't want people to think that oh yeah you, you know you're an entrepreneur and it's all sunshine and rainbows like th this journey of entrepreneurship is you're 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 constantly dealing with failures and setbacks and things don't go right you're constantly innovating and, and creating and you're taking all of this with you and you're, you're taking all of this and you're constantly looking for ways to transmute it into something good something that's going to serve you your client and also building the economic engine in the process so uh so my some of my like losing money was yeah i'm going to lose money and yes i've lost money i've lost money um, but in, in that process i don't even consider it losing money it's investment that it's intangible. It hasn't come back yet. I may have paid it in the terms of a lesson learned, or, you know, maybe I invested in a, a technology or a person or a process that didn't, didn't bring back the ROI that I thought, but it, the way I look at it, it all counts. It's up to me to turn that and find the answers. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a fear a lot of people have, especially when you're leaving a career like that, and especially if you know your midlife or whatever. I mean, I, I'm lucky enough where I'm 24 right now. I'm still very young, and this is being an entrepreneur is the only thing I've really ever done. So I haven't experienced that myself, but I can imagine how difficult it would be if I if I continue on this path and I build a career for myself, and you know, a couple decades down the road, I want to switch. Like that would be there'd be a lot of fear around that. I mean, starting over. It's not something anyone wants to do, especially in your case, when you had like, you had the path was there. I mean, your promotions were being offered, like you, you were, you were set, you know what I mean? But then you made the transition despite those fears. I think that's incredible. Um, and it sounds like it, it worked out. Okay. It's, it's from three years in, so it's working out. Um, the lives yeah. that have been touched, 
uh, building the business. Um, I still consider myself a startup. You know, it's I like I'm around midlife here, but uh, I could be 24. You know, <laughs> I could be. It's like we're we're you know, it doesn't matter. And that's what I love about this. Like I want to to, to reach like Gen Xers too, because no matter where you start in the game, it's possible. And that's why I really admire you, Evan, for what you're doing at 24 and just being, being, having the courage to do something like this and stick with it and set an example. I, I just want to really applaud you for that and creating this platform. It's magnificent. I really appreciate that. Cause it's really, I mean, it's definitely not, it's not easy sometimes. And I'm sure you've experienced this as well, because this is not, this is not the cookie cutter way to live life. Right. This is not the way you're quote supposed to do it. Right. You're supposed to go to college, get your degree, get mm-hmm. your, you know, get your desk jockey job and stay there uh, <laughs> until you retire at 65 and then you die. Right. Like that's what you're supposed to do. And you're supposed to, you know, take the family out on a vacation once a year when, you know, you get your tiny amount of time off and then you live your life and then you're good. But like, that wasn't it for me. You know, I saw that and that was just not what I wanted. Um, because that was the biggest, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that. And again, I appreciate your kind words because that was hearing that now is very, very powerful for me because that was what I always struggled with when I was growing up was what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. I had no idea. I didn't know until I realized that I was asking the wrong questions and it was, what do you want your life to look like and and build something that can support that. And for me, you know, nine to five, Monday through Friday, being going going to the office was very, very much not what I wanted, right? I want to be able to be spontaneous. Uh, I, I took a relatively spontaneous, about a month in advance. Some friends and I were like, hey, hey, who wants to go to London? Who wants to go to Europe? I do. So we just went. I don't know if you've even had like, I'm up in Northern California, so it isn't crazy for me, but I've had like, you know, I'll be like, hey, you know, to friends, like it's a Wednesday night, like, hey, uh, it's Friday. Like, when are you, when are you, when all you guys off work, let's go down to LA for the weekend. Like, why not? Like being spontaneous and doing things like that is one of the things I value the most. That's being an entrepreneur allows me to, to achieve that. So what what are your thoughts on like uh, looking at things a little bit differently? And I assume you had kind of a similar thought process throughout your career in corporate and that kind of helped led to, uh, when you transitioned out, thinking like, well, what do I want my life to look like? And what do I have to build and do to support that? Is that, is that resonate with you at all? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think my, my journey was like a lot of psychological stuff. So I, uh, growing up, I battled with a lot of self-worth issues. I came from broken oh, yeah. home. Uh, my dad was a, was an alcoholic um, from the Vietnam War. He had PTSD. Wow. My mom was clinically depressed. So I had a lot of stuff growing up. And that spilled into me or onto me or whatever, where I had some self-worth issues. So mm. dropped out of college. Uh, this just I wrote this poem called What is This Malaise? And I, I had this malaise. I had this low-level disease with me all the like even when I had like these moments where I thought, hey, it's great. And it, it just showed up in my relationships and, and anything I would do. And because I, they were like, I have this funny quote says where you're coming from is more important than where you're going to. And that people turns people around. He's like, what do you mean? I'm trying to get to here. And, but the, the, the idea is behind it is that if I'm feeling lack and I haven't done like 
the, the, the dark work, then no matter where I go, there's going to be lack. And so where you're coming from is to build abundance in this moment, heal in this moment, look behind the curtain uh, in this moment so that you can liberate yourself and get free from whatever's holding you back. And then you can expand out from there and be present to your point. Spontaneity fosters presence when you're in the moment. And uh, that's my second, my second brand is called power of pure presence. And it's all about living life fully now, not, not being under this malaise or this illusion that my best life is in the future. Like the world is flawed. I'm flawed. You know, uh, my situation is flawed. Um, I need to get out of this in order to get to the utopian future moment. And a lot of people live with this low level disease, devaluing this very moment where life is happening for us. You know, it's, it's unfolding. So I lived with that. Um, but the reason why it's a, a long answer to when I got into corporate America, I got a break and I was motivated. I worked hard because I wanted to prove that I could be successful, prove that I was worthy, prove that I could make the money. And all of those things happened and it served me, but that discontent was still there. And so it wasn't, that's why one of, one of my quotes is I, I took the long road. I didn't take the easy road but I'm still going to end up on time. And so are you, if you're listening, if you resonate with my story. Right. So. so kind of like the, the tale as old as time where, where you do the thing that you're supposed to do to find success and you put in the work and you find the success, but there's still something missing, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's not what, what you thought it would be because that that's the trouble. Like everyone kind of has that wake up call at some point in their lives where you realize I'll be happy when, Mm -hmm. that doesn't exist you have to be happy now it's okay to strive for things and it's okay to have goals it's good to have goals and strive for things and yeah you can be even more happy when you you know achieve those things but like you're saying i mean you know that perfect dystopia like, or the perfect utopian future i'll be happy when you know blank happens when i when i get the job or make the money or whatever like that's not that's not how it works right and but it it works to keep people where they are, uh, you know, yeah. it works to keep them striving. You know, it, 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 it serves a purpose. It's a low level way to, you know, if you're always striving, because I was on a quota for 19 years. So that worked for me. I was always, you know what I mean? It fit the bill. I'm always, I'm going to get to that number. I'm going to get to that number. And then I got the number and I'm going to get to the number again. I'm just going to keep going. And, and there wasn't, I lost the joy. There was no joy. It was always trying to get to the, you know, and then you get to the, and yeah, you know, there was, it's not all bad. Like, I'm not saying this is bad. I'm just saying yeah, it's, yeah. it's the evolution of, it's the growth of, it's the, and someone's going to hear this and they're going to be like, yes, I, I get that because that's the way I've been feeling. I, I've been feeling like I, I, like, I don't feel content. I feel discontent. I feel like everything's wrong. And you know, that's why I'm really passionate about just helping people develop the practice of living fully now in their journey as they as they move forward right yeah no that's yeah that's incredible and that's i really hope people can highlight that when they're listening and take this away like the power of just being you know living in the present moment i think that's that's really powerful just way to be um but i want to ask so you mentioned like you kind of were experimenting with side hustles and stuff while you were still in your corporate career but before you made the official transition to become an entrepreneur. Did you have any like business or entrepreneurial experience before then? The, 
the only thing I, I was in sales. Right. So I had the, this like kind of like being in business for yourself, but not by yourself because mm. I was responsible for production. I was responsible for revenue. Okay. So you, you, month, you had the skill then you needed. Yeah. So I had the, the ability to go out and, and do that, but it's weird because, and this is my own self discovery because I, 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 you know, I was one of the top producers. I, I was always in the, in the top mix of, of reps, you know, and one year I was the top rep in my category. Uh, well, yeah, for the year, but uh, learning to be in business, like there's the be work on your business and work in your business. So technically I was working in the business. I was sales, but when you go into the entrepreneur, you got to learn to work on the business. You got to work on, you know, because if you're working in the money. business, you're kind of just creating another job for yourself. You want right. to be able to work on the business where you're you're not doing those like tasks. You're doing more kind of big picture stuff. You're like you know the boss yes. high in the sky, that kind of thing. Yeah, so that's been my my biggest lesson because mm-hmm. if you're an and this is like you think you know it, but even now, like I'm having like epiphanies. Like it it's constantly evolving the perspective is growing what I need to do. Like I'm looking at the mistakes I made. Oh man. Like, what was I thinking? Like, why, like, I know this, like, why didn't I do it back then? You know, and this is real, like, this is keeping it real. So the, the idea is like, if, if I can work on the business, cause I, I worked in the business for years. So I had that employee mentality, Yeah. but now it's like, you got to work, you choose to work on the business. And that, and that has to do with, people processes right so people systems and then really keeping your eye on the results what you're yeah. constantly it's a newborn baby is it fed did it did it burp did it go to the bathroom does it need a diaper change you know it's it's what it is you know yeah yeah and i mean that's that that's what makes it so that you're working on the business instead of in it it's like are you outsourcing those tasks you know, mm-hmm. are you still going through and doing all the emails? Or are you still doing all the, you know, well, it depends on the business, but you get it like outsourcing and then having systems so that those people can do it easily and, and fast. Like then that frees you up to, to work on the business, business instead of in it. And so I think that's definitely, definitely an incredible lesson to learn, but I also wanted to ask you, so an aspect of that is, is relationships, right? You have, you have to have relationships with these people who, you know, are helping you in the business in the same way that like, you know, if business is a baby, then if you have like a nanny or a babysitter come and help, like you got to have a relationship with that person, right? That you need to be able to trust them. So what has, how important are relationships in your business? Relationships are the primary driver systems are is not even secondary it's like if you want to go to the pareto principle 80 20 you know just and not it could not that that's the exact thing but just a the weight of it you know 80 percent of it is relationships 20 percent of it is the rest you know because and you may say well yes but what if you have a something that's of high need and even if you do have something that is unique or 
you have a strong differentiator, someone else is working on it. <laughs> so you need to be consistently over delivering for your clients. Right. And I think in today's market, there's been a major shift. Uh, there's been, it's continuing because the expectation of free and cheap is so high. And I think that the more you differentiate and add value, the more you position yourself to be sought after. Unique value, what's my unique value to them? Why would they want this? Like, and not, and then, and if you can get beyond that, what makes it irresistible? Like that, and, and I know a lot of entrepreneurs have heard that irresistible, but is it irresistible? How do you know it's irresistible? You don't have to sell it. It's yeah. that's irresistible. Oh my God. I like, they just need to know what, what do I need to do to enroll in this? Here's what you do. Do this done, you know, and that is the irresistible part, but you can't like, I always love the dating. Uh, like everything's like relationships. Like if you look at it, like dating, a lot of entrepreneurs, they go with a client and they want them to, they want them into the, they want to sell them a product or a service that, is a higher end ticket. And it's the equivalent of like, you, you meet somebody for the first time that you're interested in and say, Hey, let, you want to go away for the weekend? Like, Whoa, okay. slow down. We just met, you know? Yeah. How about we get coffee first? You know? So what is that? Like what in your business, what is the get coffee first? You know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause that's true. I mean, relationships, I mean, it's the same fundamentally it's kind of, they're all the same. You know what I mean? After approach it the same way, like you're not going to, you meet someone, you're not going to immediately try to sell them your $10,000 program or whatever. Like that's not how that works. But I think that's, yeah, that's really a powerful way of looking at it because yeah, it's all about relationships and that's what differentiates you, you know, like having that unique value because I mean, everything's been done pretty much. Right. And so what, what you, what you got to focus on is like you, right? Like Austin is the only person who is like, you're the only you out there doing what you're doing. There are, there are other coaches, but there's only one you, you know what I mean? There are, there are other people doing what I'm doing, but there's only one me doing it. And so like really, you know, focusing on that and, and, and building those relationships, I think really is one way to really help make, you know, things unique. Is that, do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree in relationships and, and checking in with people. Like, and I think right. if I were to give any like tips, advice, check in with your clients, check in with your customers and don't ask, like, I, I, I like one of my colleagues was great at this. He, he was doing it way ahead of everybody else. Probably like 15 years ago, he set up an RSS feed and he would track different companies and if there was a press release, something that came out, something that was a benefit, he was emailing them. I just, I just noticed this, this new thing came out in the marketplace, thought you'd be interested, boom. And that consistent, like pouring in value 
and not asking for anything and, and not doing it as a technique, by the way, like, cause we can, you, you can use it as a technique and it, it'll work. Like you can say, yeah, it's technique. I'm going to do it. Yes. Have at it. It'll work. But if you do it because you're passionate about it, you're passionate about your clients and, and you're okay if they don't do business with you today, tomorrow, next week, like you're not, it, it, then it comes back to you. And I had a, uh, my previous life, I had a client, I think I followed up with him for 10 years and I didn't know this. He was tracking, he would track all the salespeople that followed up with him. And my name kept, kept coming up. And over a period of a decade, they were, they were with another vendor. My number came up. I got it. Took over the whole account, you know? And so that, that just checking in is really yeah. important. That is incredible. I mean, that's, you kind of answered my, my, my other question, which was about like actionable advice for listeners to take and run with. And that's it because that follow-up is really important. It builds a relationship. It shows that you care about them and they're not just a number, you know, where you're just trying to get the sale as fast as you can, you know? I mean, that's like 10 years that shows like you're not, like it's okay if the sale doesn't happen, right? You care about them as a human being, like yeah. following up for 10 years. I mean, that's that's crazy. You know what I mean? I mean, 10 years, that's a long time. And so that, <laughs> that, that really, that proves that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what the power of follow-up is. Yes. Yes. It's, it goes a long way. It goes a long, especially in the, in the automated world, we, automation is not going to go away, but we, we need to return to the, human element and i've seen that yeah i've seen the like just market general moving in that direction like more now than it used to be people care about being treated like human beings you know what i mean that's for big corporations mm -hmm. and you know small businesses people care about being treated like human beings you know what i mean have you you seen that as well like oh more so now i think matter of fact i i think I think automation works better after people feel connected before if, if you were able to, if you were savvy enough and you had the tech and the software and you could get your automations up quick and you were, you were kind of ahead of the curve. It, it wasn't, you know, newer people would gravitate to it, but in that sea of all of that, we lost some of that, that human connection and people are feeling less connected to these brands that are just, um, you know, all about like the automation and it still works, but I'm just saying what I see, what I see moving forward is if you're in business and you don't have some type of a hybrid model, you're going to be out of business. Uh, you, you like, this is my opinion, but people want to know that you care about them. There, there's because unfortunately a lot of people have represented themselves with the automation and people are walking away, not feeling like, that that organization cared about them. Right. And so these types of people now, they're going to approach it differently. Yeah. Cause it's okay. I mean, it, cause it's okay to, you know, pitch what you do and ask for money for it mm -hmm. and sell yourself and all that fun stuff. But not like, I mean, you need to do it in a way though, that like, that shows that you care. It shows that you're passionate about whatever you're selling, whatever your business is. And you have to be willing to treat them like a fellow human being and like, 
if you don't get the sale, that's okay. It's still a relationship that you've built. You still follow up, expand on that yep. relationship, build, and then yeah, who knows, maybe 10 years down the road, they become a client. I mean, you, you don't know, but it's really about exactly. treating them, you know, like a fellow, fellow human being. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, there's, there's people that are more comfortable if they know you've been around for a while. There's yeah. your early adapters, right? You know, the bell curve. And then there's people that are going to get in, work with you after they feel like, wow, this guy's been around for a while. This girl, this gal is whoever's been around for a while. They're more prone to maybe work with you. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's incredible. Austin, I think we could probably talk about all of this stuff for hours. I'm sure we could, but I want to make sure I respect your time and the time of our listeners. So I want to say thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing all of these insights because honestly, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of really good nuggets in, in this episode that people can take and run with and that can really, really make a huge, huge difference in the business um, in, in, in the businesses of whoever is listening. So thank you for sharing that. And for people who are interested in you and in your work and in the things that you're doing and they want to learn more, uh, where can they find out more about you online? The best place is the website, austinhaines.com. That's A-U-S-T-I-N-H-A-I-N-E-S. There's an I in there. Austinhaines.com. And all of my, almost all of it is right there. You can connect with social media and different programs, etc. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Austin, for coming on the podcast and sharing your uh, sharing those amazing insights. It was an honor to be here. I'm looking forward to connecting again. Thank you for listening to this episode and for supporting the Path to Podcast Success Show. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review, letting us know what you think of the show so we can bring you the most value we can from these expert podcasters. Your support helps us reach more people looking to step up their podcast game so that they can continue to grow their brand and spread their message. So again, thank you for listening to this episode of The Path to Podcast Success, and we'll see you in the next episode.